Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark in Manila here from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. Both of those sites exist to help you get to where you need to go in your life. And I'm here to try and spread that information as far and wide as possible. These days, I'm kind of making it my mission to reach every corner of the globe to share what's in my head, for what it's worth, with all of you. So if you're a native speaker trying to impress, perhaps you want to sound more powerful in your presentations, understand how to give excellent delivery, voice control, and to keep your cool, or stay cool as a cucumber, that's a nice Medium, then I'm the guy for you. Also, if you are a non-native speaker as English as a second language, perhaps your pronunciation is letting you down. Again, maybe you are lacking your confidence. Maybe you don't know how to modulate. You know, your voice is like monotone and sounding like this and you really wish that you didn't. Okay, I can help you with that too. You'd be surprised. Also, if your accent is getting in the way, perhaps it's just a little bit too strong. I say you should be proud of your accent. But of course, there are some accents that really can overwhelm people and I know that many of you come to me in the past for advice on this so that's something I can help you just soften or clarify a little bit so that when you speak you're just enunciating slightly sharper and that means the accent doesn't get in the way as much or perhaps it is an issue with your mouth mechanics Um, you see much of the problem comes from the native language that you're used to speaking so your mouth is used to working in a certain way And English requires you to use a whole different set of muscles in your jaw and your mouth and your tongue and your teeth and your lips and it all kind of gets in the way at times. I can help you with that very quickly and you'd be very pleased to know that you can sound remarkably different within at least 28 days of coaching. So get in touch with me. The links are all down below and you can grab yourself a money back session with me for now. If you're not delighted in the first 30 minutes, I'll refund the money, just less the payment fees that the card processing company does keep. So with that said, Let's talk today about a few things, shall we? Things that get in the way of you, things that really can hmm, frustrate you, okay? Now in meetings, many of you say to me, I don't speak. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't speak? Okay, we're talking about managers, we're talking team leaders here, people perhaps like you who are professionals, who are in a job where you are expected to speak and participate in meetings. But here's the thing, you're all too terrified to do so. Now, when I dug a little bit deeper into this, and does this sound like you? Because if it does, listen up. It turns out there's several reasons for this. The first reason is this, lack of confidence. Yes, lack of confidence. It always comes in number one, okay? Possibly more so, and I don't want to be stereotypical. It's just something I've observed. So just wanted to share this with you. I find this happening more with my female students than with my male students, okay? It is a challenge, it seems, for women to feel that they have a voice, especially so with my students who are from, say, Turkey, um, the Arabic-speaking countries, I mean, good gracious, all over, all over the Arabic-speaking world, it seems that this is an issue. It doesn't matter whether you're right up there in Algeria or, you know, down there in Egypt somewhere and, you know, or down to Saudi, okay? It doesn't seem to matter. But the problem is, is that the impact is the same no matter where you're located. It's getting in the way and holding you back, all right? So that's another reason. Also, the second thing is this, that you're terrified that whilst you know what you want to say, okay, and maybe you have the confidence to say it, which is brilliant, I say, 
The problem is you're then terrified somebody is going to ask you a question about what you said and your listening skills are letting you down. It's like, oh, I know what I want to say. I've worked it out. I've got it all written down, Mark. But what happens if they ask me questions and I can't either understand them or don't have the vocabulary to express myself in a way that answers their question? And I'm going to feel really foolish. Okay, both of those issues are probably the two the two biggest ones that I come across every time. The good news is, if that sounds like you, I am here today to give you techniques to help address both of them. So listen up. Right, first one, belief in yourself. Okay, now that one does take a little bit of work because if you don't believe in you, how on earth do you expect anybody else to believe in you? You see, if you're sending out the signal that says, I'm not sure of myself, and when I speak, I'm kind of mumbling like this because I hope that I can just get this out of the way quickly, right? Okay, you know, I, nah, I'm speaking like that and you're probably really thinking, what is he saying, right? That's what everybody else is thinking also, possibly in the meetings. So you've got to, even if you don't feel like it, you have to enunciate really clearly and confidently. And in a way, I hate the word or the phrase, fake it until you make it. This isn't what this is about, but it comes somewhere close. So here's the thing. I'd like you to imagine wherever you're sat or stood or I don't know, as long as it's safe to do this, please don't do this if you're driving a car, okay? Um, or any heavy machinery. I don't want anybody getting mangled. That's a good word, mangled. Not good when it happens, but you know, I don't want you getting a bit broken up here. So do it when it's safe, but I'd like you to close your eyes if it's possible. As I say, be safe. <laughs> and I'd like you to picture in your mind somebody who you think is fairly impressive. Somebody who you believe speaks exceptionally well. It could be a famous person, it might be a parent, could be a teacher, might be a sibling, right? Okay, could be anybody. But somebody who you, right now, I can, you know, ask you to paint a really vivid picture in your mind. Can you see them now? Can you hear how they're saying stuff, how they're giving interviews, or maybe they just chat to people and they always seem really at ease? Okay, good, right. Now, I would like you to be them. Yeah, you heard me right. I'd like you to be them. So what I'd like you to do <clears throat> is every day, you know I have my 10 minute madness where I suggest all of my students do 10 minutes of practice a day, 28 days consistently, and you start to see new habits build up because that's how NLP works. The neuro-linguistic programming, it needs to be repeated and we need to get a new groove going in your neural circuit. And we want to lay down these anchors in your brain that trigger you to say, okay, I'm doing my 10 minutes. This is what I need to do. This is getting the muscle memory going. This is getting the neural synapses firing and what fires together, wires together. So I say 10 minutes every day consistently. It's easy to do quicker than probably brushing your teeth and having a cup of coffee, and certainly gonna help you push forward with how you sound and your English. So, 10 minutes a day, I would like you to practice something, speaking something, anything, but preferably something you know a little bit about, like this person would. Try to imagine how would they talk about it? How would they stand? So I want you to really get into that character. It's like acting and it's a bit of fun, okay? I want you to have fun with this. I want you to pick somebody who you think, wow, <laughs> how could I be them? Try it on for size. So you might want to do this clearly when everybody else in your house or apartment or wherever you live is not in the vicinity. 
If you're really brave, then you can do it in front of them. But if you're lacking your confidence, I kind of think that won't be happening, right? So I'd like you to practice being them for your 10 minutes. And I'd like you to record yourself as well. And yeah, watch yourself back. Oh no, I hear you cry. Yeah, well, it's kind of part of this coaching. You have to be able to see yourself as other people do. And here's the tricky thing. When you're speaking or practicing and not recording yourself, you are not present. You are not aware of how you sound because you're too busy doing it. So this is why we record you and then ask you to watch yourself back and critique yourself in a nice way and say, yeah, I like what I did there. Oh no, I can see how I mumble there. Oh gosh, look at the presentation of that. My pronunciation's wrong. Oh God, no wonder people don't understand me. This will really help you. Part of the problem that many students have is they don't do that. They don't reflect. And when we get you reflecting for 10 minutes every day, 28 days, you will be amazed at what can happen. And if you do it with me in a session, which clearly the sessions are anywhere from 30 minutes to 60 minutes, you will be blown away with the results because we work on it in an intensive way that you can't really do on your own, but you can try to mimic it. And this is why I'm sharing this technique with you here for you to give it a go at your own pace. If you find it's helping and you want to supercharge it, then have a session with me, eslbusinessenglishexperts.com, and we can boost it even further. Now, let's talk about the second thing, okay? So I want you to, as I say, engage and really be that person and think about how they would stand, okay? Their posture is always going to be different. Think about somebody who's confident. How do they stand? Well, they certainly don't stand all kind of hunched over and hiding, do they? You know, if, they're, if they've got long hair, they don't have the hair over the face hiding behind the hair like some people do, okay? Um, I wish I had enough hair for that to happen, to be honest, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So the point is this. They have a certain way of standing. Their body language is what we call open, nice and upright, shoulders back, chin is up and they are looking, there is eye contact. Now I know in different cultures, eye contact comes with many different meanings. So be sensitive to the culture that you're in, and I'm sensitive too. So if that isn't suitable for the country that you're in, then clearly don't do it, all right? But if there's no problem with these, these kind of gestures or these movements and these, these eye movements, do them please, because that sends a signal of authority, assertiveness, and confidence, confidence in yourself. You'll also notice a funny thing. When you start to adopt this posture, you see part of the neural circuitry in your brain, it doesn't know any different. So, for example, they did an experiment and they asked people to frown. Yeah, to purposely frown. Now, frowning is like when you're angry or upset or frustrated. You know, your eyebrows kind of move together and they go downwards and you look a bit grumpy like I do all the time. Right, okay, so <laughs> they asked them to frown. And the thing is, when they asked them to frown regularly like that, people started to report that their mood dropped. Yeah, they felt sadder. They felt kind of depressed and they didn't quite know why until they realized it was part of this moving their face in a certain way every single day as part of this program made their brain then respond and their feelings accordingly to the frown. Conversely, they then asked the people to smile, to laugh, even if they didn't feel like it, right? To fake it, to put on a smile, right? For the same amount of time. And the opposite effect was noticed. 
the people who, well, they didn't really feel happy, but they did it, started to feel happier, okay? Because literally there's a muscle memory and the muscles in your face and your body are attached to the neural circuits in your brain. And those neural circuits in your brain also trigger certain pleasure receptors or fear receptors. So pleasure is releasing dopamine. That's a chemical, a hormone in your brain that makes you feel great and want to do it again and again and again. You know, like going to the fairground and enjoying yourself and getting off the scary ride and wanting to go back on immediately. Or eating your favorite food and wanting to go back to the restaurant again and again and again. That's dopamine, okay? Also, company with dopamine, you tend to get serotonin. Now, serotonin is that thing that sometimes we don't have enough of and it can make us, if we don't have enough of it, feel rather depressed. This is why um, SSRIs, which are antidepressants, um, they are selective serotonin um, <laughs> uptake re-inhibitors, okay? We're not getting into biology just yet, but basically they help keep more serotonin circulating in your brain so that hopefully your levels are high enough to keep, keep you from not feeling so depressed and happier. So, serotonin and dopamine are kind of the ones you want to be having. The stuff you don't really want are like adrenaline, okay, and cortisol. Those are fear ones, okay? These are the alarm ones when you're being chased by a tiger or a volcano's exploding. Now, if you're in the Philippines, you definitely get volcanoes exploding. I have yet to have the tiger, but anything is possible here, so <laughs> I'm not going to wish for that universe, thank you. But the point I'm making is this. Those hormones equally make us feel panicky, nervous, our throat closes over, um, our heart starts beating faster, we get a very dry throat, sometimes you can't speak, okay, and your brain goes blank, you know, you can't think of what you want to say. Does that sound like you in your meetings? Yeah. Those are those two nasty friends that hang out together, adrenaline and cortisol. Now what you want to do there as part of this confidence technique is this, you want to breathe nice and deeply, so in through your nose, Okay, I'm breathing really deep for about a count of eight. Hold it for two, two breaths, and then breathe out through the mouth nice and deeply, four to six seconds, okay? Keep doing this into the nose and out through the mouth at least four or five times, and you will automatically calm that, that uh, fight or flight response down, okay? It's part of what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. If you want to go through this with me on a camera, it's probably better. You can get that money back guarantee and I will take you through that. And it's really gonna help you stay in control of your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings slightly better anyway in the meetings than if you didn't know how to do it. So that is a trick and a tool that I can give you right away to sort this out. Also, as I've just said, hold the posture of a winner. So if somebody is confident, just like the frowning and the smiling, the same applies here. This is what I'm coaching you to do. I want you to hold a posture of that confident person. How do they sit at the desk? How do they stand? How do they walk and do it? Become it. Every single day, try to be, at least for 10 minutes, that person and say what you need to say and practice doing what you need to do in that kind of manner you will be surprised at what starts to happen. Your brain will start to follow what your body is holding as its posture, okay? So confident, happy, even, fair-minded, gracious, diplomatic, whatever it is, equally be careful. If you copy somebody who's aggressive or whatever, you can guarantee you're gonna start feeling that way. So be very, very careful who you copy and what you do with it because it's a powerful tool, all right? So that's the first set of tip, uh, tips, trips, 
<laughs> See, I told you even native speakers get tongue-tied. Right, tips and techniques, okay? So try those and see how that goes. Now, the second one that I mentioned, okay, is what on earth do you do if you make a really good point in your meeting, but then somebody asks you a question? Oh, good Lord. God forbid that they should do that, hey? Inshallah, what will we do? Right, okay, here we go. This is what you do. So... Somebody says something to your wonderfully constructed presentation or your speech about something and you think, I don't have a clue what they've just said. Or you've got bits of it, but not the full bit. And they're all looking at you and waiting. Does that sound familiar? Is that in your worst nightmare? Don't worry. It happens to the best of us. And I should know because before I came here and got kind of stuck in the Philippines in the pandemic, I used to be in the Canary Islands and I had to teach myself Spanish pretty much from scratch. And another feeling when, like I did, I once went into a shop. <laughs> I only wanted carrots. I just wanted carrots to make some food for myself and my then partner. And the thing is, is that unfortunately, I just picked that shop in like a very local town where they never saw any um, sort of people from overseas. And I happened to pick that shop. And I knew everything I wanted to say. I had in my mind exactly the words I needed to get these carrots. I thought I was good. Problem is, as soon as I walk in, I was the only person in the shop. It was empty. And the shopkeeper, she was delighted and overjoyed to see a foreigner in her shop. She was like shocked and amazed. So she was so proud of her shop. She suddenly decided to take me on a tour of the entire shop, showing me all the delicatessen, the hams, the cheese. And, this. and she's talking a million and gazillion one Spanish words an hour. And I'm like, I only asked for carrots. And I'm thinking, help, <laughs> help. I'm on my own. There's nobody to ask. There's no other tourists there. There's, there's, you know, just nobody. So I'm like, what do I do? Okay, I managed to survive it, but it was pretty awful. And I'm sure you all know that feeling, even if you're not there at that level now. But when you were first learning English, those moments, they're just like, oh my goodness, I'm never going back into the shop for carrots ever again. That's what I swore. I swore I wouldn't. Luckily, I did. Luckily, I improved. <laughs> and luckily, I'm passable now. At least I used to be in Spanish, although it's been a few years since I used it, so who knows? But the point I'm trying to make here is we know that feeling. I know it well, which is why I totally sympathize and have developed this technique to help you cope because it's based on my experiences. So here's what you do. If somebody starts talking a gazillion and one back to your wonderfully crafted words and you don't understand them, you can just say to them, oh, can I just stop you there? Can you just, could you just go back to what you've just said? So whatever started to lose you. Um, I'd like to understand that better. Could you give me a bit more detail about it? Now, usually most people will be delighted to do that, okay? Because if you interrupt them, it's not rude. It shows that you were listening, even if you didn't understand them. And you can go, oh, sorry, could you just go back and just give me a bit more information? I'd like to understand that better. Or tell me more about that. Could you explain that a bit more? But what you're not doing is you're not saying, I'm sorry, I don't understand you. Could you say that again? Because the problem, as we all know, if we say those magic words, could you say that again? Well, first, it doesn't feel nice to have to keep saying that. But secondly, what do they do? They repeat exactly the same thing you didn't understand in the first place, but generally just start to shout it at you louder as if that should somehow magically make it go into your head. Right. We've all been there, myself included. So here's the thing. 
by saying could you tell me more or I'd like to understand that better or could you give me more detail or could you expand that point of view for me or could you just explain what you mean by that okay all of those variety of sentences I've given you there you can use so you could say that three or four times in different ways in the meeting when you need it and it's kind of your secret weapon and what they do is they give you more information than they originally gave because you ask them for more information so be really clear about what you're doing. Now, the chances are when they say it again and give you more info, you're listening really hard and you can probably pick out a few more words and you think, oh, okay, I've kind of got the context now. I think I can grasp what they're saying. And if you're still slightly unsure, you could just say, okay, thanks, Mark. That's brilliant. Thanks for elaborating on that further. So if I'm correct, what you're asking me or what you're saying is, blah 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 and tell them what you think they're saying now that's their chance isn't it they can say no that isn't quite what I meant what I meant was and they will correct it okay or they say yeah absolutely that's what I'm saying so what do you think or tell me what your thoughts are right so these types of things are really helpful for you and it's it's having a dialogue with the other person which again looks great in a meeting it's far better for you to be that person questioning and asking for clarification than just the person who sits there and nods and pretends they know everything that's going on, okay? So don't be afraid to do that. The other top tip in your meetings, just to be really clear as well, I've mentioned it in another podcast, but I'm gonna say it again here, to keep up with the meeting, to be able to follow what's going on, you don't want to be writing notes and also trying to translate out at the same time. So if it's easier for you, if you know roughly what's going on, write in your own native language. Write your notes in your native language. Then when you get out of the meeting or at a point where it's convenient to look at it in the meeting, you can translate your language ever into English and make sense of it. So when the conversation is slowed down, that's when you can try to make sense of everything you've written. But trying to multitask and translate out while someone's talking to you, it's like, oh my goodness, overload, and you lose where you are in the conversation. This is a, a regular feature that happens, and that tip of using your native language works every single time. It also works in IELTS and OET, because remember, as long as you're not putting your native language on the actual answer paper, you can write down all of your draft stuff uh, the, the, on the scratch paper for the listening, and it's going to be much quicker. So you can focus on the conversation and not worrying about the spelling and also the translation at that point. You only have to worry about that when it comes to transferring your answers onto the answer paper. So I hope this has made some sense for you. Try those techniques. They really do work. Get yourself a session with me to practice the breathing technique and also the confident posture technique. Guarantee you, if you do that for 10 minutes every day for 28 days consistently, you will be blown away by how your confidence improves. Also, when your confidence improves, we have you then starting to try to give more detail in your meetings because you feel more comfortable. And that's what being a native speaker is all about. It's not about sounding British or American or Canadian or whatever. It's about being comfortable and flexible with the English language. And that is all I seek to teach you to do. So good luck with that. And if you love this podcast, please tell as many people as you can about it. Send them a link to this episode. Also subscribe to my newsletter. And if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can do so for as little as 99 cents a month. Okay, it's a regular basis. Or if you just want to do it one 
off, you can buy me a cup of coffee. All the links are down below. But what it does mean, I can keep creating this content totally free of charge to help you. So even if you can never afford a coaching session with me, or perhaps can't afford a coaching session anywhere, right? Okay, you get the access to the coaching here from me totally free of charge. So thank you for contributing. Thank you for listening. And thank you for caring. I'll see you soon and keep going. Sorry to jump in at the end of your podcast, but I wanted to say a big thank you for listening. And if you love the podcast and would like to help me keep them free, do consider sponsoring me. You can subscribe for as little as 99 cents a month to sponsor a segment. Or if you want to do something as a one-off, you can click the link again in the show notes and buy me a coffee. It's a great way to help me spread this word as far and wide as possible to people like yourself who perhaps can't afford to get high-level coaching but need to access this information all the same i really appreciate your help and a big thank you for doing so also if you are somebody looking to get into coaching maybe you're an english coach or perhaps you are another professional maybe you're a life coach or you might be a mental health counselor basically anybody who is in a caring or supportive profession or maybe you you coach people in different academic subjects I'd like to feature your podcast on my show and give you a chance to reach my audience. Yes, totally free of charge. All you have to do is follow the links down below in the show notes to find out how you can connect with me and send me your files. I will upload them to the show and you can basically reach my audience and build your own business. There are no catches at all. I'm simply here to offer my platform to help as many other professionals in a related field as myself to reach as many students as we can. And together, I believe we can do a lot better. Thank you for listening again. See you soon.